Hey, Kid House Valley Sports Talk fans, welcome back to another episode of your Kid House Valley Sports Talk. I am Eric Sorensen, joined by John Goodett and Sammy Henderson. Brought to you by Fitters Furniture. Go check those guys out in the corner of 4th and Main. When you get there, let them know that we sent you. Go support a local company that supports local athletics and local students. So, guys, welcome back. We got uh, we recorded earlier this week, John and I. We're so happy to have Sammy back on. It was just, uh, there was things missing in our lives, and it was Sammy. <laughs> well, right. I miss you guys, too. I miss you all. Well, not only do we have from our earlier episode this week the Clanlam Kittitas rivalry tonight, we got a big game on Saturday. We got the homecoming game, Central Washington Athletic Football, going against the hated Western Washington. I'm sorry, so we hate those guys too, but the hated Western Oregon Wolves <laughs> here at Tomlinson Stadium Saturday at six o'clock, I believe. You know yeah, what? All you've done is just remind me that Western hasn't had a football team since uh, 2008, 2009. So, uh, but yeah, Western Watch or what? Dang, see, I just made the mistake too. <laughs> Western Oregon. Um, I, I read uh, on the D2Football.com blog that uh, they think that this is going to be a closer game than two weeks ago, and I don't think so. I think we're going to stomp them. Yeah. Uh, I acknowledge my yeah. bias, but we're going to dominate. Well, I'm trying to figure out why they think that. Is it just because, it, you know, you have the one that's playing a team twice is always tough, but playing them back-to-back is like, for two weeks you're working on defending against what that team just did to you. Right. And so if that if they're coming from that, but it's also, uh, they had plenty of film beforehand, and sometimes it just comes down to players and execution, and I'm pretty sure that's what happened in the first one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just want to be uh, healthy and, and, uh, there better be, if, if there's not 5,000 people there, I'll be upset. I'm always saying that though. Absolutely. I think we got a central team that's has the future in front of them. They just got to win out. And we got a guy in the waiting room who's going to talk about this. Luke Thompson from the Yakima Herald. How about we have the shortest entry we've ever had and we'll we'll come back and give them our thoughts after we're done. Luke. All right. I'll be right back after this message from Fitter's Furniture with Luke Thompson from the Yakima Herald. Your new sofa doesn't need to look like everybody else's new sofa. Let the professionals at Fitterer's Furniture in Ellensburg help you design your own Bassett Custom Upholstered Furniture. Your sofa, your way. Exactly what you had in mind. Take the short drive to visit Fitterer's and find the furniture you've been looking for, along with great service and free delivery. Why wait? Fitterer's Furniture. Quality furniture since 1896. Fitterer's. All right, we are back with our guest this week, Luke Thompson, sports writer for the Yakima Herald. Luke, thank you so much for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, we, we're no stranger to Central Washington football here, and, and we got a, a really big game this weekend. I guess every game's a big game, but you know, homecoming week in Ellensburg, we got a, 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 a crazy situation of where it's not quite a back-to-back game with the same opponent, <laughs> but you got a week apart. But yeah. what, what do we got going on? I mean, we got Western Oregon in town. Tell us a little bit about the Wildcats so far. Um, yeah, they've had, you know, it's an interesting season because this year that they, they only have three teams in the league. So this is the, the third of their four league games. And if they win this one, they actually clinch the league title, which Coach Fisk promises is just as meaningful as when there was eight teams in the league. 
you can believe that if you want. Uh, but, you know, they've actually, they're, they're coming along. They, they had some big question marks at the start because they lost, you know, three key position players to, to transfers. I think there were a lot of questions on offense. Um, they dealt with some injuries. It took them a little bit to figure out who their quarterback was going to be. But, but Quincy Glasper has really stepped in and been the dual threat they needed. Um, they picked up a huge win against Midwestern State, a team that is still, you know, unbeaten other than that game. Um, and, yeah, they beat this Western Oregon team on the road 45-14 a couple weeks ago. So, you know, you'd think that this shouldn't be a problem. But, you know, also Western Oregon came in to Ellensburg and beat Central two years ago. And um, Coach Fist said they remember that. I was, I was actually talking with Tyler Flanagan yesterday, and he reminded me that Western Oregon – danced on the logo a little bit after that game. So <laughs> they obviously haven't forgotten about that. Uh, so motivation should not be a problem this weekend. Look, obviously you have a, um, you have a knowledge of Central and everything like that, but calling or, or covering the games and stuff, do you find yourself, is it a challenge to not be a fan? I mean, I know you're a sports fan, and I follow you on Twitter, maybe uh, – uh, um, Try to make you laugh every once in a while on Twitter too. But do you do you find yourself being a fan, or is it easy to to stay relatively unbiased uh, even when you're when you're following games in Ellensburg? Um, yeah, I mean I've been doing this you know long enough for for more than a decade now. So I think I can mostly stay unbiased. Um, I would say you know especially when it comes to like the team, like there are maybe certain good players on the team who I like that I'm kind of maybe rooting for if that makes sense. You know. Uh, that that's that's probably where those biases creep in a little more but um you know as far as the team no i don't really feel like a fan at all you mentioned something fist <clears throat> saying you know a GNAC title is meaningful whether there's you know three teams or or 13 teams i guess in the GNAC. so what what are your thoughts on 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 the state of of or or the status i guess i should say of of d2 football in the west yeah, I think it's not good, right? Uh, it's, it's, I don't see how this is sustainable going forward. Um, you know, all the teams in football, and there isn't really any other option in Division Two. So I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And, you know, also one of those teams is Simon Frazier, who is historically one of the worst Division Two programs around. So that's not helpful. And I, I feel kind of bad for them because they just basically, like, built a brand-new stadium and, you know, and got all this done and then – Everybody else in the league leaves. And so, you know, I mean, you look at this year, Central Washington's got games at Eastern New Mexico and Western New Mexico, which is just right. crazy travel for a, a school of this size. Uh, so I, I don't know what they're going to do. And, you know, Coach Fisco always said that we're not really worrying about that. That's kind of above his pay grade, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's something Central's going to have to figure out. And don't worry about Simon. The? They got top-notch men's soccer. <laughs> like if you might think that was made for football, it wasn't made for football. It was made <laughs> for men's soccer. There you go. They are dominant. They're they're good. I think they're, they're dominant. Yeah, yeah. They they've got other sports. I don't think football is the one that they, you know, carry their flag around and strut their chest about. It's more like we got football. Yeah, <laughs> I mean their volleyball team just beat Central last night. So yo, their yeah, volleyball team is good. Like they've got, yeah. they they got good, and that used to be the Olympic training center, like school for mm-hmm. Canadian athletics. So when they first came to GNAC, like it was outside of football, they were uh, powerhouses. It was crazy. Yeah, 
I watched the uh, I watched the uh, volleyball match last night, and and yeah. uh, I hate to say it, they made kind of quick work of us. And they did. I'm thrilled that we got a split out of them. Um, I uh, with both of us winning at home, but well, what's crazy about do. Central Volleyball is they're night and day different, home and away. I mean, I think they're yeah. you know at home and one four on the road now. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, but I, I I look forward to. I know we were talking about football, but I look forward to. Uh, uh, Central and Western volleyball here Saturday yeah, in Bellingham. Saturday. So, um, I don't know. Maybe they can get up a little bit easier for that one, especially since that's the true long-term rivalry for for right, two yeah. decades. Right. That that road trip is no fun. <laughs> that is a, that is a tough road trip. You, have you done that road trip? Those, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I did it with men's basketball, <laughs> and it's it's amazing. And I did it another time how poorly your teams play on those road trips. <laughs> and it is, you just hope uh, your second game, you know, comes around, yeah. but that, it is I mean, a tough, it's a tough one. The worst road trip has to be the Alaska trip though, right? By far. I mean, that's brutal. Yeah. Have you done that one too, Sammy? Nope. I wasn't, I wasn't high priority enough. <laughs> so when's the Yakima Herald going to send you up there, Luke? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. After a Fairbanks <laughs> game, I saw the weather was negative 30. It's pretty nice that time of the year here. <laughs> negative 30, that's t-shirt weather, man. That's right. Look, t- tell me about, uh, you know, just as you watch the team, um, I mean, obviously we were uh, at the beginning of the season, you, any team, but we're going to focus just on Central. You know, at the beginning of the season, you're trying to figure out what guys are going to fill the roles well and and uh, is there a position um, on the field, either on either side of the ball, or or maybe a player that has um, has jumped out at you as as somebody who's been like has really established himself in that position, or a position that you were worried that would be a real concern? Well, when you talk about, I mean, guys that have been great, I think you have to start with Dante Hamilton. You know, they they from the beginning of the year they said, hey, we're giving this guy the the number forty four jersey, which traditionally goes to the the best defender on the team and he has more than lived up to it. I mean, I think he's got five interceptions and it just seems to be everywhere on the field for this defense, you know, even in the the Eastern game where the rest of his teammates were struggling, he was still out there making plays very much looking like a guy capable of playing with FCS athletes. Uh, so he, he's definitely the anchor of that defense and has really stepped into that role nicely. Um, as far as, you know, guys kind of trying to find their spots, um, I'd say the, the offensive line has had um, some issues, you know, early on they lost Will Wartner, who might be back this week finally, which would be huge for this team. But, you know, they've needed some, some of the younger guys have, have kind of needed some time to figure things out there. Um, you know, they've got a couple of guys, Scotland Vice and Raymond Shalk have been um, solid, but, you know, the other guys are, are coming around. I'm blanking on names right now, but um, some of those younger guys coming into the offensive line, um, definitely seen a lot of growth from them this season. But early on, it was it was pretty rough for that offense. And then J.J. Living trying to play quarterback behind them had a lot of running around to do. Luke, tell me tell me a little bit about, uh, like I said, I kind of give you a heck on Twitter or try to every <laughs> once in a while because that's my role uh, as a uh, Central Washington guy. But um, I mean, obviously, you know, stranger sports and everything kind of take us, uh, through your, through your career of, of athletics or just <laughs> sports writing. Um, yeah. So 
I grew up kind of just playing all the sports, basically. Uh, I think I played five different sports in high school, but then went into journalism at the University of Missouri. Um, ended up actually, I got to cover a Mizzou basketball team that went to the Elite Eight <laughs> back in the day. That was kind of you know my first big experience. That was fun with sports writing. So, um, actually, then started out on the, the political side for a little bit, but eventually got back into sports at Austin P State University in Tennessee, Division One school. I was there, kind of covering all the sports for for three years, I think it was. Um, went to St. Louis for a little bit. Got to cover the Blues and the Cardinals and the St. Louis Rams. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> then uh, went to Shreveport, and that's where I got got back into high school sports. Um, also covered Northwestern State a little bit in FCS school there. Um, and then yeah, finally came out to Yakima. And next month I'll be celebrating my fifth anniversary at the Yakima Herald. So. Did you know much about Yakima or the Pacific Northwest before you came? I mean, that's quite the move uh, to a completely different part of the country. Yeah, um, a little bit. I uh, my, so my brother has been in Portland for about 10 years now. I kind of wanted to get out closer to him. And then actually um, my editor in Shreveport was Allison Bath, who had moved out here then, and she was the became the editor. And so she kind of uh, – and we recruited me a little bit when a position came open and it seemed cool. I've always loved the mountains, you know, grew up skiing a little bit in Colorado. So I ski a lot here and gotten into the trail running, which I think is a lot better than just running in the flat roads of Kansas or Louisiana. <laughs> so yeah, I enjoyed it out here. So you mentioned trail riding. I'm not going to let you go on this one. Uh, uh, well, um, I believe we had a little Twitter exchange on how fast you would run the mile in the uh, that recent race, <laughs> and so uh, um, from a recreation standpoint and everything like that, and and um, is it easy to uh, enjoy the Northwest? You, I mean, you basically just mentioned outdoor running is is so much fun here. Have you been able to? I mean, obviously, you must love it if you're nearing five years here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I have a season pass, the white pass, go skiing, uh, try to get up to Rainier when I can, especially you know last year and a half when getting outside has been about the only form of recreation you can do so um, yeah. I, I summoned about adams a year ago that was fun so um yeah definitely i have enjoyed all that let me take you back uh from a from a football perspective um you know you being able to cover obviously big 12 schools um and then you know fcf schools uh, i think you said northwestern state yeah. What is that? I mean, obviously, Big 12 and, and Power 5 stuff is different, but from an FCS, whether it be um, uh, down there in Shreveport or, or uh, you know, watching Central and Eastern, is it a depth thing that, that separates FCS from D2? What, what's your opinion on the difference of, of uh, quality or, or the difference of, of eliteness? Yeah, I think uh, depth is a, is a big part of it, just the depth of talent, you know, the F uh, FCS teams might have, you know, two, three, four guys that, that could play at the FBS level, but um, uh, they just not not as many guys. And then just you know, I think it's what twenty five less scholarships, or maybe even more than that. And uh, that that makes a big difference as you go on the game. And then, you know, you see that sometimes even when teams play up, uh, maybe they'll stick with the upper level team for a quarter. And then just kind of fall apart eventually. That's a, that scholarship issue. Um, and then I don't know. It, it seems like at least the schools that I've seen have had trouble 
finding quarterbacks that kind of can play at that high level. But then again, I mean, I got to see when I was asked if he actually got to see Jimmy Garoppolo a few times and you could tell he was just on a different level than everybody else in that conference. And just on, you can imagine. Uh, so that was fun. But I know if was from state, like I got to see Philip Rivers brother and he was really? not as good as Philip. <laughs> really nice guy though. Good nice guy. Well, that's a, yeah. that's kind of been a conversation that we've had a few times on here. You know, we talked about the GNAC only has three teams right now, yeah. but the Big Sky has a pretty easy travel for Central. Do you think there's even a chance or a possibility? Or what's your opinion on Central trying to move up to the Big Sky? Well, I think if they did that, they'd have to put a lot more resources into the program. So the first question you'd have to ask is, where does that money come from? <laughs> yep. uh, it comes from Luke but, Thompson. That's where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you've already got, you know, some of the smaller programs. And I think of like women's soccer, I feel like they're not getting enough right now as it is. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, football is obviously Central's big thing and they, they've done well by GNAC standards, but they, they would have to take things up to an entirely new level to to survive in that conference. Yeah, it's almost like we would – sorry, I was, was going to say it's almost, it's almost as if – like if we were able to to break off of the GNAC and be an independent D2 team and have the money to travel across the country and have it not be an issue, then you're talking about a program that potentially could make that jump. Yeah. You know, you'd obviously have the resources and what it takes uh, to make that happen. And so I, I, I would agree that where it's at, you, you would, you would see us making more trips. You would see us taking it in. It's just, it's not there right now. Yeah, and obviously COVID didn't help. You know that everybody's deficit got bigger with that. <laughs> I think that also from a from a facility standpoint, as much as I mean that that Thomason Stadium remodel a couple of years ago, absolutely outstanding, amazing facility. And I'm a grass football guy, and and I think what they've done to Thomason is just outstanding. Um, but that would be the smallest stadium by half at least. I think. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the next smallest stadium is Eastern, and they can put 11,000 people there when when Montana is uh, is you know coming in. And so, um, I would love to. I'd like to say that we could hang with them for one or two times out of ten, but um, man, we would it would be years of fundraising before we'd get to that level. I think. Mm-hmm. And kind of you know, I look back when I was at Austin P. They were you know last place one of the worst programs in fcs and then but they they started building a new stadium while i was there and that that was kind of the first piece in them getting to a respectable level and eventually becoming like you know a playoff team and and they they finally hired a good coach and a coach and they were willing to pay a little bit um so that's kind of yeah that's how you build it but it, it takes a while for sure well, as we start to wrap this thing up, uh, you know, we got three games left. We got uh, Western Oregon. No, we got four games left. Sorry. Lincoln, yeah, okay. Western New Mexico, and Simon Fraser to wrap this season up. <laughs> you know, if Central goes 4-0, and we all know our, our conference isn't getting us in the playoffs. We probably yeah. need to beat Angelo State, but we did beat Midwestern State. A loss to right. Eastern, I would assume, ain't going to hurt us that bad because they're they're probably going to be yeah. in the final four of the uh, their their deal at the end. So, I mean, yeah. what's, what's your – your point of view on central making the playoffs 
Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think Eastern would beat any Division Two team. If we can say that comfortably. Yeah. Um, the thing is, yeah, Central schedule is so weak. I mean, you mentioned those games coming up. Um, Lincoln is a brand new team. They lost like seventy-six to zero a couple weeks ago. I mean, they're they're real bad. So, and then we talked about Simon Fraser. If if those games are close, something has gone wrong. Um, Western New Mexico is, is maybe a little better, but definitely games that should win. So, yeah, obviously you have to to win out. Um, I think that the biggest thing for Central right now, as far as the playoffs, that, that people should be watching for is hope that Midwestern State can run the table because um, they, like I said, they still haven't lost yet. They do play at Tarleton State this weekend as a team that just moved up from Lone Star Conference to FCS. So I don't know, Midwestern is going to be able to hang in that one. But um, that's going to be the game that people look at when they're trying to decide whether Central is worthy of one of those seven regional spots. Um, you know, I've been kind of watching some of the other teams, and right now I think you've got like five ranked teams and you got a couple of of one lost teams and they're probably all getting in ahead of central for sure. Um, but you know, some of those teams ahead of central lose, um, and central keeps winning convincingly. And then maybe they've got a case. It'll be interesting. It's, it's hard to know. And the other thing is like, you know, people are going to look at the GNAC and say, Hey, well, this conference hasn't won a playoff game since I think it's 2015. So, <laughs> you know, I haven't necessarily shown they can compete with the rest of division two. I think it's going to be tough. To, to earn a spot but we'll see what what's with luke and all these facts let's let's leave with the motion here <laughs> no, fact-based opinions so. <laughs> you know i think no matter what if they, if they do make uh the playoffs and that's that's an if i mean all they can do is just win out and they have to they're going to be traveling no matter what uh um, sure. i think they're going to be on the road probably to a uh, you know, down south, obviously. So, um, well, some of those Minnesota teams are pretty made. good. They might go up there. For some reason, they're grouped in with all those teams. So, yeah, um, it's. Um, I, I don't know what I've I've said it probably every week uh, this fall on the podcast is just win, baby. And yeah. so, um, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we take care of Western Oregon here, and and uh, on paper we should be. Uh, dominating those those final three teams on the on the schedule after Western Oregon this week. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I just look back about that last drive by Angelo State that might have been the season. It's tough. Yeah, more facts. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Luke, we really appreciate you taking time out of your day and on short notice to come on with us and talk some Wildcat football. Uh, just thank you so much for being a part of it. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot, guys. Absolutely. John, Thanks, John, Sammy, and I will be back to wrap this thing up. All right, we're back to wrap this thing up. And a big thank you to Luke Thompson from the Yakima Herald. Uh, really appreciate him taking the time to come on and talk some Wildcat athletics. You know, I'm hopefully I'm excited to have him on in the future to talk some basketball. Hopefully, hopefully, cross our fingers, we're having him on here in a few weeks to talk some uh, Central football playoff picture. But, I mean, like we talked about there, it's kind of uh, – we got some things got to happen. Hopefully, the when the rankings come out, we're ranked high enough. And unfortunately, our our conference doesn't help us in that scenario. But we got a big win. Luckily, our two losses are against quality programs. So we'll see. I like we said earlier, this is going to be a big one Saturday. You can't have a letdown. It's Western Oregon coming to town after you knocked them off pretty big. And I don't think Coach Fisk is a guy that's going to allow his players to think that way. To they're going to be ready. And so uh, let's, I'm excited for a 6 o'clock kickoff tonight or Saturday night and hopefully a whooping 
of the Wolves. I think the biggest thing for the the game is like I'm looking at the I'm looking at the stats from from two weeks ago when we played them last and and uh, you know we had close to 200 yards rushing and that just it dominates the play clock. Uh, I mean I think we had nine almost ten uh, minutes of possession more than Western Oregon and so um, I mean that that's huge keeping your offense rolling and and just turning up clock and what is it ground and pound or whatever coach said that and stuff. So I, I think, uh, of course, on the flip side, we only had 170 yards in the air. I don't know if that matters much because we were so dominant after Western Oregon scored the first, uh, touchdown. I think we scored 4,200 row before Western Oregon put another one on the board. So, uh, I guess it doesn't matter that we only had 170 yards in the air when you're winning by, you know, uh, 25, 30 points. So, uh, but I'd like to see them, you know, hit that 200 mark uh, on on the ground or close to it again. Yeah, I think that's a that's going to be a big goal for them is to, you know, when you run the ball, you can you control, and uh, you know that's a that's a big thing for them. And uh, I know that uh, you know that they it looks like they ran for 128, but there was a big 55 yard run at the end of the game that I know Coach Johnson on the defense one of their benchmarks is no 100 yards, and he gave it they gave it up. It was their second string. But I know that he holds them just as accountable as everyone else. And, uh, you know, they the defense was smothering. And, you know, you can come up with a game plan. So I wouldn't be surprised if Western Oregon had, you know, a couple good drives to start the game. But uh, that defense was way too much for them to handle. And uh, I'd be surprised if their game plan lasted more than about halfway through the first half. You know, I'll, I'll talk to that 55-yarder. You're right. That was midway through the fourth. We were already up big, and I don't want to take anything away from Western Oregon or, or Central Washington's, you know, defense or Western Oregon's offense. But, yeah, to say the game was in doubt is is a – that's a misstatement. Uh, I mean, we were up by 35 at that point. So, I mean, yeah, 128 point or 128 yards of rushing, but really it was 73, really. So, um, if you right. take away that 55 yarder so um, and they ran the ball 30 times so it wasn't like they weren't trying to run the ball um you know and i just you know they're i don't think they i don't think they have the passing game to go out there and just try to throw the ball um or they would have or they would have tried um you know they kept trying to run the ball and i think just running the, the football against the central team for western oregon is is uh you know, to their detriment. They now they, there were years when Western Oregon could line up and throw the ball against you. When they had you know Revis and uh, let's see the Williams kid that's now playing in the NFL. Like they had some teams where they could line up and do some multiple things. They just don't have that right now. You know, and we're not coaches, so we can look ahead. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we should take care of Western Oregon pretty uh, handily. But. Um, not only should we beat the next three opponents, but it should be like bad. It should be convinced, convincing, uh, boring games. That's how convincing it should be. So again, Lincoln University, brand new football squad. Uh, Western New Mexico is one in six on the season. They're and those are six losses in a row, and only two of them have been close out of those six losses. Um, so. Um, and then Simon Frazier, we're going to play them here. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know. I just, 
you know, you beat a team by one or you beat a team by a hundred and that doesn't affect the regional rankings, but they need to win convincingly. And, and uh, I mean, like I said, when Luke was on the pod of, of we uh, will be traveling no matter what, I believe uh, if we make the playoffs, but let's just make the playoffs and, and put no doubt on these games. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, there's still a group of humans together putting that together. They can have all the numbers and let things pop out and what should be, but you go down to it and you got two final teams, you know, it's going to, who you played, strength of schedule and what you did against them is important is very very important and so when you go and you know we played uh, uh angelo and we we lost a nail biter to a decent team and then we beat a team that's ranked at the top 10 uh you know i think that goes a long way you could go look at the rest of the schedule and say well yeah they played western new mexico and simon twice uh, but if we beat the pants off them and we play very, very well against top teams, that shows that we're not we're not just some mediocre team playing a bunch of crap teams. Right. You know, it proves it proves that you can play some football. And so I think it's very important that uh, all of these games are handled handled convincingly. I was just gonna say I'm looking at schedules and stuff and and you know you want to beat the team the week that you're playing them and then you become really big fans of them to win everything else to make your schedule strength look even better. And, and I think Midwestern from a D2 schedule, Midwestern has, uh, they had the ability to run the table pretty easily as well. So, um, and, and same with Angelo too. So, and you just want those two teams to, to win big and, and stuff. So I interrupted you there, Eric, but I just wanted to uh, add in a few more, uh, a few more opinions to make myself sound smart. Well, I think we're huge Midwestern State fans this week because a win over Tarleton yeah. would be huge for the Wildcats, don't you think? Well, technically, it doesn't matter since Tarleton is is uh, uh, you know moving up yeah. to, or transitioning to FCS and stuff, I believe. And so, mm-hmm. um, I believe you know that doesn't count toward it, but in it, terms it, it of should it shouldn't affect the rankings. Okay, just right. like our loss to Eastern shouldn't affect. We have two losses, but when they look at it, it'll be a one D two loss. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Right. Yeah. So be a lot of scoreboard watching here coming to wrap this thing up and, and hopefully uh just a a nice easy watching of the Wildcats come third, fourth quarter and we know that we're in the cleanup mode. Absolutely. Uh a little side note before we move on, and I know that he left the program, but he was awesome for the Wildcats when he was here. I did see on Twitter this week, uh Michael Roots got invited to the FCS Senior Bowl. He did. Over there uh, playing for Pueblo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen outstanding numbers, but he's a talented, talented guy. And uh, uh, it's really cool to see him, you know, get his opportunity. You know, from a from a fan standpoint, I, I was sad to see him go. Uh, from a positioning yourself well to get better looks uh, for the future, um, I think it was a pr- pretty smart, calculated move on his part. Um, I'd like to think he would have gotten that invite had he stayed, but you know he's in a he's on a quality team and in more in the Midwest that where there's more uh, opportunities to watch him. So it was a good call for him, and obviously he's reaping those benefits now. Absolutely. Well, guys. I'm pumped. We got a big weekend. We got 
Kittitas Cleon tonight. We're recording this on the 22nd, October 22nd, on a Friday. So cross-county rivalry tonight. Then we got homecoming tomorrow night. Going to be a good weekend of football. Pretty excited about it. It's a good weekend of football. That's right. I'm excited. We'll be there. I'll be in the press box, not in the rain uh, tonight uh, for the kid of that Yellen game. So I feel really bad when we have to turn up the heat in the press box. I don't think you feel bad one bit, John. I don't believe it. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Thank you to Fitterer's Furniture to being a sponsor of the podcast and get out there, support these local athletes as they have some big games tonight. Get out there in the rain, take on the elements because it's worth it. So take care. The world's so big, this town's so small. If you circle the square, you've seen it all. There's no quick fix for a broken heart. When everybody knows who you are. The Kid Sports Talk podcast is part of the Big Country Media Podcast Network. Please check out all episodes anywhere you can get your podcast. And for you iTunes listeners, please rate and review our podcast. Check us out and follow for all your local sports updates on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Kid Valley Sports Talk. The official music of Kid Valley Sports Talk is brought to you by Austin Jenks. Please go check him out and all of his great music anywhere you can stream music. Oh,